0: Welcome to another episode of Two Strike Noise, your weekly baseball history podcast. I like to say that as fast as possible. I am one of your co-hosts, Jeff. As usual, joining me from a playoff town. It's it's playoff city. It's Mark A. Johnston.
1: Hey, Jeff, man. Yes, yeah, an exciting time uh in Seattle right now. After 21 years of, of emptiness and coming up just short and sometimes really short. We've finally done it. The Mariners are going to go to the postseason. All
0: right. So the Mariners are, they're trying to erase that mark of uh, having more players with ruptured testicles than playoff appearances in the last 20 years. So they're on, they're on the right path. They still have a couple more seasons to go until they can pass that mark.
1: But the last time they were in the playoffs, Julio Rodriguez was two years old. So That's right. That was quite a long time ago,
0: but this is a baseball history podcast. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit more about stuff in the past. What do you say?
1: Yeah, let's uh, let's go a little. I mean, everything is in the past that we talk about, but uh, you're going to go a little further back. I, I, I get that. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Yeah, so it, it couldn't have happened today. Is this what we're saying? Because right. this one's not uh, this one's not super old. But uh, let's get into our BP segment here. We'll start off here because we have been following the uh, the Ham Fighters in the NPB. We've uh, been following them mainly because Shioshi I can never say that one, Shinju, aka Big Boss, has <laughs> Big been boss. at the helm. And he is just a joy to watch him go out there and distract from the team that is awful. I got to tell you, this big boss uh, has been retired. Yes. Now, when I say that he was not let go, he is not actually retiring. He's still managing the team, but he has retired the big boss nickname at least until next year, which (laughs) I'm not so sure he should bring it back. I love it as a character, but uh, heading in, I mean, there's there's only one game left to be played as of this recording in the NPB regular season. All the playoff spots are already wrapped up, and the uh, Nippon Ham Fighters have finished a league-worst 59-81-3. Ouch. Yeah, that's, that's... a rough year. I'm not just, <laughs> And that's going into a year where next year they're going to have a brand new stadium. Not really the way you want to head into that, but yeah, he he is expected to be back. He is going to revert at least temporarily back to uh, Shiyoshi Shinju. We'll 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 see that. You know, we'll see what happens next year. I'm th- I'm looking for a redemption arc here. I'm thinking that maybe they get off to a slow start and then all of a sudden, with his team down he goes like super saiyan and like rips off his shinjo jersey to reveal that he is back to being big boss and from there they run the table oh man i can only dream yeah i think that would be that would be pretty cool but speaking of the uh, the npb and the climax series which is uh, getting ready to get underway this week um all the right. Han Shin Tigers, despite a 68 and 71 mark, are in. There you go. So. Go, go Tigers. Go. This is the the Wind of Mount Roko, which I'm sure Oh, this is good stuff right here. We'll cut that off. We don't want to get, you know, copyrighted for. That's right. The the Sheen Tigers fight song. But uh, congratulations to them. Like I said, a 68 and 71 mark, but they're in. Uh, the occult swallows are definitely the team to beat, but the the Giants did not make it at all. Oh wow! They lost out by half a game to the Tigers, so that's big news there. We'll we'll uh, you know we'll check back in with them once the once the playoffs get underway there. But uh, how did they lose by half a game? They played a different number of games. Nope, they all play the same number of games. Everybody will end up playing 143 games, but remember they have ties. Oh, that's right. So that is uh, that's how that came about bats i want to talk about bats for a little bit so i've been keeping an eye on bats a lot because as i'm getting ready for fantasy camp i have now the proud owner of four major league quality bats that i've been testing out and i know i know quite a bit about bats now all of a sudden aaron judge swings a chandler bat which i do not have a chandler bat Uh, but i went and looked at them and first of all they cost fifty dollars more than every other bat you could possibly purchase Wow. They, they are not. They are 250 bucks a piece. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but what really surprised me when I was looking at their website is that in 2019, Chandler Bats was acquired by Ioannis Cespedes's YC fifty company. YC fifty two, I guess, since he's mm. YC fifty wouldn't really make sense since he's number fifty-two. But apparently Ioannis Cespedis owns Chandler Bats. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I had no idea. I know. I know several other major leaguers also use Chandler bats, but obviously with Aaron Judge right now, down to three games to 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 break the American League record, uh, be very interesting to see what he does in Texas. I do have another Mariners note for you though. Here before we get too far, uh, the last time the Mariners were in the playoffs, Albert Pujols had thirty five career home runs. <laughs> Oh, man, that may be the best one I've heard so far. That is a good gauge of how long it's been since the Mariners it, were in the yes. playoffs.
1: Yes. I mean, I I, I was I had been married for four years the last time the Mariners had gone to the playoffs.
0: All right. Uh, the Orioles are guaranteed to finish with at least a 500 mark, which is incredible, you know, just with the season that they had last year. They yeah. join the 1899 St. Louis Perfectos, who we've mentioned many, many times. Cy Young's team in 1899, not the Cleveland Spiders, and the 1890 Louisville Colonels, as the only team to finish 500 or better in a season after recording 110 losses in the prior year. Wow, that is such a turnaround. <laughs> yeah, they really,
1: they really did turn that around. That they were a pretty darn good team this year. Yeah,
0: they really were. I mean, they were in it until this weekend. They were, yep. they were still there. I'm just curious to see what happens next year.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Jeff, speaking of Aaron Judge, I've talked about before how I'm trying to rid myself of my anti-Yankee bias. Uh, I just wanted to point out to our listeners out there, especially Yankee fans, I'm pulling for Mr. Judge. I want him to hit that 60-second home run or more. So don't don't call me a Yankee hater so much anymore. I, I'm I'm learning. I'm growing as a person. You know what I'm saying? Have you been
0: watching the Yankee games? A little bit. Yeah, I, I've I have been mostly been,
1: working in the Mariners games.
0: Yeah, I've been watching them too. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm watching the Mets. and obviously it was a very disappointing weekend for the Mets. Uh, looks like they will be hosting the wild card game now. But, yes, it does. Uh, I've been yeah, I've been trying to trying to catch uh, judges. Yep, uh, judges A B's. Another current player here. I want to talk about just because it is kind of historic. J T. Real Real Muto. That's it. I'm having a tough time with names this week. He became the second catcher in baseball history with a 2020 season this year. That's nice. Only other catcher to do it was a pudge. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, it was it was Yvonne Rodriguez, though. He did it in 1999. Yeah,
1: I didn't think it was going to be Yeah, I fist. didn't think it was
0: going to be <laughs> this. Guy. Also, this one is right up our alley. Simeon Woods Richardson. He is a top prospect for the Twins. He's a pitcher. He came up and made his debut this weekend... I have I have registered his last name here because his uh, his last name is 15 characters and a space, making it longer than Jared Saltalamachia's 14. Wow, dude, that's awesome! So I saw a picture of his jersey. He he debuted on uh, on Sunday. Uh, Does it he, go down his arm? He is in danger of of having his name spill onto his pants. <laughs> it that's awesome. Is, I mean like the first and last. Letters are almost on his belt buckle. Not his belt buckle, but his belt. I mean, it is it is something. There's more letters than numbers back there. I, nice. if I were him, I would have gone with like number eighty-eight or something that's a full number. You know, <laughs> so sure. It's your back looks really it like out. a NASCAR <laughs> uniform. It's so, okay. We have a, we officially have a new longest last name in Major League Baseball history: Simeon Woods Richardson. Very nice. All right, Mark, this show is debuting on October 4th. We do this every year. We still have debuts. Uh, I mean, obviously, we're still in the regular season, especially when this debuts. But uh, we do still have a couple of debuts. I picked two for this week. The first going way back to 1888 and Dick Van Zandt. Oh, wow. I
1: think he's a long time ago, man.
0: He's in the E Street Band, right? Yeah. No, no,
1: he's. Uh, I think he sings for. Uh, doesn't he do that sweet home, sweet home Alabama thing?
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know if there's Van Zant in in Leonard. He's Skinner. Leonard Skinner, Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I, I think that's who a, he is. There's a Van Zant in, in in the E Street Band. I'm pretty sure, but this is neither of them. This is a good old Foghorn Dick was his nickname. Foghorn Dick. Foghorn Dick. He played in exactly ten games in his entire major league career. All of them in 1888. He had quite a time while he was up there. They misspelled his name in the box score for his first game. Uh, he was there for only 10 games, but he was there when they took the team picture. So uh, he is officially on the team picture, so he's got that going for him. He uh, took a very unique route to try and get signed by uh, by a major league team. First off, he started a rumor that the Giants were interested in him, but he preferred to stay playing in the minors. Like, you uh, this major league team wants me, but I prefer to stay here in the minors. But if you want to offer me a contract, I'll I'll mull it over. Well, this ploy got him an invite to play for Tacoma in the Pacific Northwest League. Of course, this is back in the 1880s, so you would have probably not been the the, the bat boy. Just yeah, yet. I wasn't quite working there yet. You're probably just going as as a fan. But right. uh, a few weeks into his time in Tacoma, a local writer. This was what he wrote about old Foghorn Dick. Quote, Van Zant was originally designed for a baseball player or a mule. We don't know which. He is the most polished kicker. He can do more mouthing on the slightest provocation and apparently with less consciousness of his movement than any man we ever saw. End quote. Wow. Not a good fielder. That's that's a little rough. Not a good fielder. And he loved to talk. One time while he was playing in Springfield, Van Zant threw baseballs at spectators from the team bus, which incited a riot and ultimately got him charged and arrested, where he pled guilty, and he paid the $2 fine for inciting a riot.
1: Inciting a riot. That was a good idea to throw baseballs at the fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, good thinking.
0: Foghorn Dick. Career point .1 war in those uh, 10 games. He did hit <laughs> two fifty eight on base of three oh three. And he had a stolen base, so oh, good for him. He uh, he did not pitch, however, and he committed eight errors, <laughs> so yes. in ten games at third base. Yeah, that's I mean, sad. why is he at third base? Well, I mean, honestly, that that's pretty that's pretty par for the course in 1888. I mean, you're playing with essentially a a batting glove on your hands, so I, I'm guessing five errors was probably about leap average at that point but we're still gonna make fun of him because he was kind of an idiot also making their debut today, october 4th back in 1990 mike bodiker mike bodiker sure uh, i remember him yeah i do too 19 i i think i might have said 1990 it was 1980 he made his debut yes. 1983 <inaudible> he won a world series with the orioles boy he had quite a incredible run in the playoffs in 83 he went 2-0 and o overall. He pitched two games. He started two games through two complete games. Eight hits total. Not eight both games, but eight total. One run gave up, and it was unearned. So he, wow. he pitched two complete games, only gave up one run. It was unearned. He struck out 20, and he was named the ALCS MVP. In 1984, he had quite a year. He went 20-11. and 11 won the ERA total with a 2.79 ERA. Then in 1988, he was traded by Baltimore to Boston for Brady Anderson, who we know appeared on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and Kurt Schilling, who we don't talk about. Rod Carew. Everybody loves Rod Carew, right? He's Hall of Famer. I would hope so, yes. Got mad hits. He's a a beloved Hall of Famer, I guess you could say. Well, Rod Carew did not like Mike Bonacarew. Mainly, he did not like to face Mike Boddicker. He called uh, Mike Boddicker's pitching repertoire, quote, little league slop. Wow. Quote. Now, uh, it should be noted that uh, Crew ended up lifetime one for 11 with a .09 average and a two sixty seven on base against Boddicker. So,
1: so he wasn't good at hitting little league slop, apparently. N- yeah,
0: he preferred the, the big league <laughs> stuff. Yeah, (laughs) there's nothing like ah. I can't beat this guy. He must, he must not be very good. That's why I can't do it. There you
1: go, Uh, nice one,
0: Mike Boddicker. There you go, made his debut. All right, that's going to wrap up our pregame show for today. And uh, guess what, everybody? It is time for a a classic tales from the dugout. Last time we did tales from the dugout, we had Tim Haggerty on and talked about his book Tales from the Dugout. But this week, it's all us. So, uh, Mark, I'm going to have you go first. If you would do the honor,
1: all right. Uh, this isn't a super uh, long story, but I was uh, reading a bit about a guy named Luke Kraus Jr. Know, he had a, a major league career that was pretty average, but it was his debut that kind of blew me away. It was uh, 1961, and Krause was a he was a dominant high school pitcher So the age of 18. He actually gets called up to Kansas City to face the expansion Los Angeles Angels. Actually, in Casey's Municipal Stadium, it was the biggest crowd to ever come to a game at the stadium at that time. He got out there, and high school man pitched three-hit shutout in his Major League debut, winning the game 4 to nothing. He was the youngest player in the majors that whole season, and the A's were not, as uh, they are not this year, not the greatest team. They lost 100 games shut up which is f- familiar to the season I, just, I he went on to uh walk a lot of batters and he didn't do so well the rest of the season he lost five starts in a row but what a, what what would it be like to come out of high school go in front of this huge crowd at municipal stadium and throw a three-hit shutout if that was my entire career i think i would have been a pretty happy camper a huge year he uh, pitched another uh, four times, I think, that uh, they, they sold out the stadium. Everybody wanted to come see him, and then he just fell apart. But he came back up later. He was a little older. He pitched, you know, an average career, I believe 11 seasons. But uh, he was in high school. I was reading about him, 18 no-hitters, you know, and crazy stuff like that. So it was uh, It's it's pretty fun.
0: All right. So, uh we've talked about the uh, the old potato overthrow to third trick before. Yes. The old spud down the hilarious. Down the third. Yeah, that was Dave Bresnahan. Uh we've talked about that. That he pulled that trick in 1987 didn't go over well and it well, coincidentally was his last game ever in professional baseball. So, I'm not sure we've seen it since then and I probably not a good idea. But uh that you know, back in 1987, that was not the first time a potato was used to deceive a runner in a game. What? It was not. It was not even close. The first recorded instance of a player fooling the other team by using a spud goes back to 1895. So maybe Breschenhan was just a, a baseball historian. That's maybe. how he came up with it. Uh, it was done by uh, the Peterberg Farmers. And a pitcher named Davy Dunkle. So he was on the mound. It's the bottom of the ninth inning against the Lock Haven Broncos. And uh, Davy's up by one. Bottom of the ninth. He retires the first batter, but then he gives up a single. Enter the potato. So the article did not exactly. I mean, this is a really old article, as you can guess. The and it was it was in that 1890s kind of uh, you know newspaper. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. (laughs) iambic pentameter with a bunch of weird words in it the article didn't really give an idea of how dunkel smuggled the spud onto the field so if you remember Brezhnehan was a catcher and he claimed that his glove was broken so he went to the dugout got another mitt and that had the potato in it but dunkel's out on the mound he's the pitcher so i don't know how he got it there without drawing attention to it but somehow he did maybe his pants were really baggy so he could You know, hide it in the back pocket or maybe in the front. I don't know, but we're not going to go there. So he throws the potato over the head of the first baseman. The runner sees something go over the first baseman's head and he takes off towards second only to find that Dunkel had then thrown the real ball to the second baseman who's there waiting for him and puts the tag on him. So the umpire calls the runner out. (laughs) And of course, everybody goes crazy. The umpire said, hey. Listen, it's up to the batter to keep his eyes open and not be fooled. Wow. Uh, yeah, that didn't go over well. The game ended right there. They, they, the team walked off the field and didn't want to play anymore the next day either. The umpire, though, was an interesting story. His name was George Stovey. And this is actually a really important name in 18 late 1800s baseball. Stovey is widely considered to be the best African-American pitcher in the 19th century. Hmm. During his playing days, he was supposedly signed by the New York Giants in 1887. The story goes that noted racist Cap Anson said that's just not going to happen. But there is also a good chance that this is one of those stories that also never really happened in Anson Didn't actually say that, but he had plenty of other chances and he took them down the road to keep baseball from being integrated in the future. Also of note, Moses Fleetwood Walker. I think a lot of our listeners know he is probably the first African-American to play in professional baseball. Mm -hmm. Um, He was actually Stovey's catcher for most of his career. Oh, interesting. So they were both Stovey and Walker were often referred to as Spanish in an attempt to get them to you know be able to play under the noses of idiots like cap anson oh, brother it worked for for walker obviously for a very short time but for stovey it did not uh, he did not ever get to play in the the major leagues away from the diamond stovey was said to have made some extra cash during prohibition by running uh, bootleg moonshine which is pretty cool. Uh, he was also uh, known as a marble champion, an incomparable sprinter, and an enjoyable harmonica entertainer, which wow. if I could be described as those three things, I think I, I'd i put yeah. it on my, my gravestone. That's a successful life right there. Yeah. And, you know, maybe a noted barbershop quartet disdainer. <laughs> Throw that on there as well. We all know you as that anyway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> love me some barbershop quartets. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you you wanted to start a a group of uh, that just was against barbershop quartets. You thought you'd found one.
0: Yeah, I did. And remember that time I went to a, I went to an A's game when I first moved back to the Bay Area here, and I was walking around before the game, and uh, out by the food trucks there was uh, these four guys dressed in old timey A's costumes and i got all excited and then they lined up and started singing barbershop quartet and i was just like this is the worst thing ever
1: <laughs> your, your hatred and disdain of barbershop quartet like cracks me up I man do not
0: care for it all right mark what uh, what else you got
1: Uh, I got this from one of our favorite listeners and providers of wax packs on occasion, our buddy Marshall, he uh, wanted, he wanted to point out a really interesting statistical anomaly. All right. So when pitcher uh, Jim Perry retired, he retired after the 75 season
0: to go be the, the lead singer of, of journey, right? Oh uh, no, but that
1: was a good guess. Jim Perry was a a pitcher. Oh, okay. Uh, Yeah. And, and, he, uh, his lifetime, his career one loss record at the end of the 75 season was 215 and 174. He had a brother named Gaylord Perry. All right. Um, he was the lead singer of Journey, right? No, not quite.
0: Oh. I, I believe it was Steve Perry, but I think he's another brother. Oh, he was, the, okay, there we go. All the right, no, brother. I remember Gaylord Perry. Yeah, Vaseline, all the teams, got it. Uh,
1: <laughs> Gaylord didn't retire until 83, so he still had a lot more seasons, a lot more time in baseball in his arm. But the weird thing is, Gaylord's lifetime one loss record at the end of the 75 season was 216 and 174. His brother retired at the end of the 75 season, 215 and 174. One more victory, otherwise the record was the same. Very, very strange. And, uh, of course, Gaylord went on to have 314 wins uh, and made the Hall of Fame uh, in 1991. At that time in 75, when I was one years old, 216 and 174. Beat his brother out by one. Not bad. Big uh, big Gaylord Perry fan, by the way. I ran into him uh, in an elevator just a couple years ago. And I told him I was at his 300th win, and he thought that was pretty neat. I said, yeah, my dad took me, and he said, well, tell your dad he's a good man. And I said, well, I would, but uh, uh, dad Dad, uh, has gone on to the big baseball diamond in the sky. And he said, well, I'm sorry for your loss. It was pretty cool.
0: So I've got to assume that they might be the second winningest brother pitching combo in Major League history? its uh, I don't know for sure, but it would make sense. Uh, the Negroes have got to be number one, right? They've got over five hundred yeah. combined. But uh, yeah. I'm, w- I'm wondering if that uh, th- we are not saying this for sure. So no, you know, no emails sending us to court. I'm just speculating that using my well keen intuition, it makes total sense. I'm trying to think of of any other brother pitching combination that had a hundred plus wins each. Let alone two. Let alone right. three. You know, like we're talking about with uh, with the Negroes when we get to uh, to Phil Joe had two twenty something. I mean, Phil, I'm looking at had three eighteen. So yeah, yeah,
1: pretty good pitchers. Yeah, pretty good. Yeah, yeah you know, it's funny. Uh, Harold Reynolds tells a funny story about his rookie year with Perry on the mound and and for the Mariners, and a ground ball gets hit to him, and he picks it up, and it's he says it's got grease, it's got some kind of Vaseline <laughs> on it. You know, and he looks at it. And he doesn't know what to do. He throws it to first for the out, looks at the umpire, and the umpire gives him a wink. So
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story right there. Yes, I love it. That's the second best Harold Reynolds story of all time. All right, well, I got one more thing here to wrap it up before we get to Wax Pax Heroes. Now, Mark, if you know me and you know what I like and don't like about baseball, you know that I love domed stadiums.
1: Oh, what's your favorite?
0: If you put me in a dome stadium with artificial turf, I am I'm just as happy as as a clam in <laughs> September, which I don't know. That just I And the
1: clams, yeah, I don't know how happy oh, clams, clams are in September. No, that's that's
0: their that's their month off traditionally, clams. Oh, I see. Going on holiday. But I'm not talking about retractable domes either. Fine. There's there's a roof. I want it not to move. I just love domes. Well, Of course, there are some places that having a roof is, you know, kind of a necessity. Places like Seattle and Tampa. Uh, There are places where you need it because it gets cold, like Toronto and and Minnesota, or warm, like Arizona and and Texas. Boy, the difference between Arlington Stadium and where the Rangers play today, I mean, literally, that I understand why it. (laughs) I understand why you need to have domed stadiums in some places. But. Probably the most famous dome stadium in baseball would have to be the Astrodome, right? After all, I mean it was the eighth wonder of the world at one point. That's right; it was a big deal. Yeah. So, what would you expect not to have happen in this weatherproofed Astrodome? Why well, would guess no rainouts? Exactly. You don't want you can't have a rainout in the Astrodome, but that is exactly what happened on June fifteenth, nineteen seventy-six. It started to rain around noon and uh, it just kept raining and it kept raining harder and harder and harder the highest total of rain accumulation in the city for that day was totaled at 13 inches wow in one day really in about 12 hours in texas Texas. in texas yeah so and it's flat too so it's it's not rolling towards the ocean so the Pirates are in town to take on the Astros that night. The Pirates were actually the lucky ones because their hotel was only a couple of blocks away from the dome. They loaded into a bus at like one or two in in the afternoon when it's just raining. And, you know, it's just raining at that point. It's not flooding or anything. So they get to the get to the stadium and they're there. A lot of the Astro players made it there as well because you know baseball players generally arrive for a night game somewhere around one or two o'clock in the afternoon. So. It was just raining heavily at that point. But uh, rain just keeps coming. So the umpires, uh, who happen to <laughs> be staying at the same hotel as the, uh, as the Pirates were, they don't leave until later because they don't have to go and warm up and do all that other stuff. So they get in their rental car and uh, they try to get to the stadium. There is flooding at this point. And they're, they probably rented like a gremlin at this point, 1976. Right? Or sure. Yeah. Something absolutely. Something like that. Uh, their car actually got stuck because it stalled, half submerged underwater. Oops. So there, I can just see them. They're like on the roof of the car, and one of them's got to swim over to a payphone, and put their their <laughs> dime in or whatever it was at that point, and call somebody and say we can't make it. You know, send a boat for us, or we're just we're we're gonna swim back to the hotel. Well, the Astros didn't want to call the game. I, this is why they built the dome they made sure when they built this dome they made a big deal out of it. it's a weatherproof dome uh, now right. i should note that the astrodome floor is 45 feet below ground level so <laughs> it's it's kind of like you know the the coliseum here in oakland the field is below sea level so game time gets closer. Eventually they call this off. They don't have any umpires anyway, so they couldn't have played anyway. But now whoever was there is pretty much stuck there for a while. Because they, they're they not going anywhere. It is literally a lake out there. So the teams held a Thanksgiving-style buffet dinner on tables. They set them out on the field behind second base. Both teams came out. It was noted that it wasn't like the Bucks sat on these tables and the Astros on these. They... It was, it was like Thanksgiving, right? The first Thanksgiving. They're, they're all sitting together, breaking bread out beyond second base. There were 20 or so fans that had actually made it into the stadium. They likewise were treated to dinner. They didn't get to go on the field, but they, yes. were, they were given some special dinner. I mean, I guess they made a lot of food and didn't have anybody to, to give it <laughs> to. So. Uh, after dinner, several players had some drinks, as, you know, tend to do. And since they weren't going anywhere, after the drinks, they said, hey, what is the smartest thing we can do in this large domed stadium after having some alcohol? So, of course, <laughs> they went up on the catwalks in the top of the Astrodome. That was good thinking. Yeah, you know, you don't have to be smart, particularly, to be a baseball player. The Pirates eventually were able to get back to their hotel because they had a, a boat, or I mean a bus, same thing in this point. So they were able to part the seas and traverse back to the hotel where I guess the umpires were drying off. Uh, (laughs) If this game had actually been played, it would have not have been on TV. They had to evacuate the TV trucks to higher ground to protect the equipment. They had, apparently there was water seeping through, you know, in the Astrodome, in the outfield, they had those two huge LED, they weren't really LED, they were amber scoreboards. Mm -hmm. There was water coming through those panels. Oops. I mean, it was not a, not a good sign. But do you remember, I don't know if you worked that game at Ben's Safeco Field where Felix was on the mound for the, the Mariners, and it was the top of the first inning, and it started to rain, and the roof was open for some reason. Yes, this rain was not expected and so they start to close it but it, it takes 10 minutes to close that thing so he's out there struggling on the mound in the top of the first he's slipping, keeps throwing balls out of play ends up giving up a couple of runs but by the time the bottom of the first inning and the Mariners come up, the roof had then closed so the opposition did not have to deal with that and then the Mariners ended up losing by whatever the amount was that Felix gave up in the first inning
1: yeah, that was kind of a controversial game.
0: I, yeah, I remember that. I Because I, Felix was upset because he's yes. like, where's my home field advantage? <laughs> it's right. not here. I, I'd heard about this rain out in, in Houston, and I wanted to uh, wanted to learn more about it. So there it is. That's funny. Good stuff. All right. That's going to do it for our Tales from the Dugout segment. And, Mark, that is going to lead us into our final segment of the show. It's what some call the most exciting Twenty minutes in uh, baseball history podcasting.
1: <laughs> history. Yeah, that's a tough list to get on. I, well, you.
0: you know, show me something that's more exciting than uh, two guys going head to head, opening packs of old baseball cards, and then rating them. You can't. It's impossible. Don't try. Hit the music. All right, Mark. Uh, looking at the scoreboard, you had a big win last week. I mean, a big win. You you more than doubled my score. Right now, we stand at nine to eight. I'm in the lead, just holding on by my fingertips. We're playing to twenty. You are you the two or are you the three time defending champ? It's uh, I think it's just two. Okay, I was giving you too much credit, I guess, but...
1: I'm on my way to three. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So uh, if you're new here, this is what we do. We got a couple of packs of some old baseball cards. We're going to open them, and uh, we're going to take the Baseball Reference War... For each player on the card for the year of the card and we'll add that but we got a couple of qualifiers that can either add or subtract to that total anything on a player's face that means a mustache uh, if they have got uh, eye black if they've got sunglasses or science teacher glasses or flip downs uh, if they've got a mike tyson like tattoo on the side of their face, that counts as something. Oh, those count? Yeah, those those count. Oh, nice. Uh, so that's a, an extra tenth of a point each. If they are wearing sweatbands, if they played any of their final three seasons in Seattle, if they are wearing two flaps on their batting helmet or no flaps, or if they're batting without batting gloves, those are all plus a tenth of a point. If they are wearing real stirrups and we can see the sanitary sock underneath it, you get an extra 10th of a point. But if they're wearing the dreaded two and ones, that's a 10th of a point because we do not like that. If they won any awards that year, Rookie of the Year, Cy Young, MVP, if they were an all-star or won a gold glove, you get a half a point for each of those. If anybody on the card, anybody is a Hall of Famer, you get a whole extra point. And if Ricky Henderson appears on any card, I get a plus five. And if Nolan Ryan does, Mark gets a plus five. We're also gonna pick a team each and uh, anybody pulls my team, I get an extra half a point. Anybody pulls Mark's team, they get an extra half a point. So Mark, what team do you want today? Yeah, you know, I, I, I'm gonna go with the Orioles. Uh, you went with the Orioles two weeks ago, sir, so you're gonna need to pick again.
1: Oh, I, I can't I can't go within, within two weeks, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah, we've got a, a, a six week waiting period. It's, we oh. are more strict on how often you can pick a team. You could go buy a gun easier than it is <laughs> to pick the Orioles two, two times out of three weeks.
1: Okay, no problem. I will go then with the Milwaukee Brewers.
0: Uh, let's see. Well, you know what? Uh, I, I talked about Mike Boddicker, and I have not picked the Orioles recently, so I'm going to pick the <laughs> Orioles. All right. So, Mark, I have got two packs of cards. We're going we're gonna to mix it up this week. Uh, I've got just a couple of, of spare packs here that don't have partners. Well, they do, but they're just not right within easy distance of me <laughs> reaching from my desk. So I've got a 1991 score and a 1997 Donruss. So uh, I'm going to let you pick which of these you would like.
1: You know, I'm going to go with the early one, the score.
0: Okay, I was going to pick the score, too, but uh, I'm going to have you go first here. Uh, there are 16 cards in here, so you're going to have to lose the top or the bottom six. Which would you like? All right, ditch the top six. Ditch the top six. Now, these are scores, so I'm not sure that's a good idea because they used to put the, the best cards in the front, I think. <laughs> Let's see. All we will right. We'll see. <clears throat> you got Mike Stanley, catcher for the Rangers. You got Chuck Finley. Nice. Pitching for the Angels. Cal Ripken Jr with a Oops. Jose Conseco sliding into him. Ripken's wearing uh, flip-downs and he's got eye black and he's got real strips on. Wow. That's a good card. Yeah, and that one might hurt. You got Bill Landrum with the Bucks. You've got a first round draft pick Hall of Famer Mike Mussina, and wow. <laughs> well, this one's going to hurt me because you got a Ricky Henderson All Star card. Oops. Now, do I still get the five points because it's a Ricky Henderson card? Well, let me ask you: Do those cards count for me? Uh, I'll will let you count the the <laughs> the Mike Stanley card. No, the Bill Landrum well, card is all yours. Yeah, I'm
1: gonna have to I'm gonna have to turn you down.
0: Uh, well, I'm gonna put that card aside, keep that for myself. All right. So uh, here we go. Well, at least you didn't get rid of all the good cards. Uh, your first card that we're going to be counting is a uh, its a special insert, a Master Blaster card. It is uh, one of our favorites. It is Eric Davis. Oh,
1: uh-huh, Eric the Red.
0: Yes, you're, you're right. He is uh, a member of the Reds. Yes. Uh, now, the good news for you here is he has got uh, some sweatbands with his caricature on it. Uh, Mems, very nice. He also has some eye black on. The bad news is he has got some two-and-ones that are pulled up to his knees. You know, I don't like two-and-ones in the first place, but this is really not a good look. <laughs> like, like if these horrible. were real stirrups, I'd be, I'd be on board with that. But that's a, that's a little high there, Eric. I need you to tone it down a little bit. All right, so your uh, cards are from, what did I say, 1991. So let's see yes. here. 91 for the Reds, 89 games. Not a surprise. Uh, Eric Davis always hurt. Of course, he... What he bruised his kidney or a spleen or something in the World Series in 1990. So I don't think he started the season playing. But uh, overall, in 89 games, 353 on base, a 386 slugging, 11 home runs, 33 RBI, 14 stolen bases, two caught stealing. That's uh, that's a very wow. good uh, very good mark. All of this is good for a 105 OPS plus, and that will equal a 1.1 WAR. Uh, let's see. He's got the the he's got two sweat bands, and eye blacks. So that's three tenths. But he's got the two and one. So that'll be an extra two tenths. So that'll get you a one point three. Better than a poke in the eye. Well, I'll take it.
1: I, I kind of expected more, but it wasn't one of his huge seasons. Interesting thing about Eric Davis is he missed the entire nineteen ninety five season, only to come back and have a really good year in ninety six. Do you remember what he missed ninety five for? Colon cancer. I mean, he has something to overcome right there. That's impressive.
0: Yep. Well, we have uh, we have talked about Eric Davis so much. Uh, I think we've already
1: one more thing. He hit three grand slams in one month. I just wanted to point that out because that's really cool.
0: That's uh, that's very cool. All right. So you're at one point one. Your next card. Oh my goodness. Well, you, this you have just scored some major points here. Uh, you got a nineteen ninety highlight for a player's three hundredth career victory. Ooh. He's a Hall of Famer. Right on. I'm, I'm waiting for you to tell me who it is. Oh,
1: no, I don't have the card in front of me. You have to tell me.
0: Well, you're going to get an extra five points here right off the bat. Beautiful. It is Mr. Nolan Ryan. There is, okay, so this one pack has Nolan Ryan, Ricky Henderson in it, plus Cal Ripken and Eric Davis. Not bad. Wow. All right. So uh, now, of course, Nolan Ryan, though, is is wearing 2 and one stirrups. And uh, one of his sons is next to him wearing two-in-ones as well. So I'm going to knock you twice. That stinks. (laughs) Nasty 2 and ones So uh, let's first of all go ahead and take a look at at Nolan Ryan's 1991 season. He did throw a no-hitter in 91. I've uh, been told that. All right, so let's see. In 1991, at the age of 44, he went 12-6 and 6 with a 2.91 ERA. Wow. 173 innings, 203 strikeouts. He had led the league in strikeouts the four prior years. At age 43, he led the league in strikeouts. Yeah, incredible. That is incredible. All of this equals a 140 ERA+. Plus. Also led the league in whip this year, hits per nine, and strikeouts per nine. Wow. Jeez, that's incredible. All of that will equal a war of 5.2. Oh boy. All right, so 5.2. You get the five points for having Nolan Ryan on there. You get an extra point because he's in the Hall of Fame. So that is up to 11.2. Let's see. I am going to nick you twice for the uh, the two and ones on him and his son. Uh, so that's uh, 11.0. And, uh, yeah, I think that'll be it. for As if 11.0 isn't the highest we've ever gotten on one right.
1: card. Now, folks, if you want to learn more about Nolan Ryan, you can go back and listen to episode 34, where we go into a lot of detail on the man's career.
0: That's, this is the first time since we've instituted the, uh, the five points for a Ricky or Nolan card. We've gotten one of them, let alone two of them. But. That's right. All right. Next, we've got pitcher for the Tigers, Lance McCullers. He had a pretty lengthy career, didn't he? Uh, let's see. I've got to sort through his son's stats first. No, it was actually, it, it wasn't that long. That's seven years. Seven yeah. years, 306 games, which is exactly 306 games longer than you and I's combined total of career games. That's right. So, yeah, let's see. Uh, good news for me, or I don't know, maybe it's good news for you. <laughs> he did not pitch in 1991. His final year was in '92, but he did not play in '91. Altogether, seven years at 28 and 31. Mark uh, never started a game. Or no, I take that back. He started nine games, but 306 for his career, a 3.25 ERA, and uh, let's see, 39 saves over those seven years. He played for the Padres, Yankees, Rangers, and the Tigers. So uh, this card is going to get you nothing.
1: Nice. McCullers was actually named the uh, closer in 88 for the Padres, but he lost the role to Mark Davis pretty early in the season.
0: Ah, well, if you are in the Lutz, Florida area, first of all, we hope you got through uh, got through the, uh, the hurricane okay. Uh, stop by L&M Trees, a pumpkin and Christmas tree supplier that the McCullers family owns. Very nice. Tell him we said hi on T strike noise. Yeah, maybe you can get a discount, and also obviously the uh, the father of Lance McCullers Jr. All right, so you've got nothing there, so you're still at twelve point three. Next, you have got a uh, mustachioed uh, other pitcher for the Tigers, Jerry Don Gleaton. I remember him. Boy, I haven't thought about that dude in a long time. I think he pitched for everyone. Well, now just remember that Jerry Don Gleaton usually just went by Jerry Gleaton, but there was already a uh, somebody in SAG that was named Jerry Gleaton, so he had to go by his full name. Oh, I see. Yeah, you're right. He played for a lot of guys, a lot of teams, uh, including Seattle, but not in the final three years. Uh, 1991, at the age of 33, he went three and two with the Tigers, 4.06 ERA in 47 games, 75 innings, 47 strikeouts, a one-oh four ERA plus. And that will equal a war of positive positive He's got a mustache as well, so that'll be a point 0.3. Uh, let's see. He played for the Royals, the Rangers, the Mariners, the Tigers, the White Sox, and the Bucks over his 12-year career. Nice. Oh, he has a first-round draft pick in 79 by the Rangers. Hmm. I like to mention when they're a first-round draft pick, just because you, especially these older guys, we don't often think of them as being that highly touted, but there he is. So you're at 12.6. Next, we have got somebody that I think we we figured out does not have the most wins for a pitcher named after a country. I think <laughs> it's Mark Portugal here with the Astros.
1: He played for a few teams after the Astros too, I believe. Like a number of them.
0: All right. So Mark, uh, let's see, Mark Stephen Portugal, 15 years in the big leagues. And he was a righty. But uh, Let's see. In 1991, he was with the Astros. Uh, 10 and 12 at the 4.49 ERA, 32 games. Uh, let's see, had one complete game, one save, 168 innings pitched, 120 strikeouts, a 77 ERA plus, and that equals a minus 0.5 war. Ouch. Yeah, there's uh, nothing on this card that is going to help you either. This is a card definitely taken at old Jack Murphy Stadium. You can see the wall in the background. That stands out. Yeah, you're right. He played for a bunch of teams. Houston, uh, let's see, Minnesota, Houston, San Francisco, Cincinnati, Philadelphia, Boston. Pitched for uh, pitched for quite a while.
1: Here's something interesting. In 94, he actually hit 354 and won a silver slugger
0: award. <laughs> wow. <laughs> for the Giants that year. All right. So in Houston, Texas, there is a I, I guess it's called it, it is a there is a place called McGonagall's Mucky Duck. This is in Norfolk, Houston. Sweet. Where they have a sandwich called the Mark Portugal. It's the sandwich of the day on Tuesday. It's their number one selling sandwich. And for good reason, a hot open-faced turkey and avocado party under a melty Munster cheese blanket garnished with two slices of crispy bacon comes with a healthy portion of seasoned fries. Now Seasoned fries, I'm afraid, are not going to be healthy. So that yeah. and, <laughs> healthy uh,
1: portion, yeah.
0: For an extra seven, uh, seven dollars seventy-five cents, you can add a Guinness, a Harp, or a Smithwix to it. Well, that's a beautiful thing right there. So if uh, if you are in Houston now, this looks spectacular, but I just do not like turkey. If you could substitute that for for some some chicken or something, then I'm I'm in. I'm wondering how the Mark Portugal came a, came about.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Maybe he was uh maybe he was a big fan of the sandwich.
0: Yeah, maybe he stopped in every day on the way to the stadium and ate that. Maybe. <laughs> All right, next you have got a first baseman for the Rangers wearing some eye black and some 2 and ones here, so that's it's a wash for you. It's Jack D'Arty. Jack D'Arty.
1: Not the musician, the baseball player. Uh just making sure.
0: Yeah, and he's not the uh the basketball player that's now a NASCAR co-owner and is not him. Not the Cleveland Cavaliers Uh, I forget what his name was, somebody (laughs) Darty, but uh, let's see, Jack, six years in the big leagues, came up with the Expos, then spent most of his career with Texas. In 1991, he appeared in 58 games, 270 on base, 264 slugging, one home run, 11 RBI, and a 50 OPS plus, and that equals a war of minus 0.8. What is with these minuses? <laughs> well, come on, you got an eleven out of Nolan <laughs> Ryan, so You gotta even it out. I get it. Yeah, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain there. That'll bump you down to eleven point three with that one. All right, so moving on, uh next we've got Boston Red Sox pitcher Rob Murphy. Rob Murphy?
1: I remember him. He was around for a while. I think he's another what is with all the relievers that pitch for everyone in my
0: pack? Well, you know, he's a lefty and he's a reliever, so It tells you, my gosh, in 1987 with the Reds, he appeared in 87 games. Wow. All of them in relief. He pitched 102 thirds innings. Now, that's impressive until you look at 89, where he only appeared in 74 games, but pitched 105 innings, struck out 107. Goodness gracious. ERA of 2.74. Wow. Now, unfortunately for you... In 1991, he was with the Mariners. Oh, man. (laughs) He appeared in 57 games, a 3.0 even ERA, 48 innings, 34 strikeouts. That's still good for 138 ERA+. In 1986, his ERA plus was 541. Wow. Jeez. My gosh. (laughs) That was in 34 games, too. It's not like he did that in like 10 games. But in 1991, all of this equals a 1.3 war. Unfortunately, he does have two and one, so that'll only be a positive 1.2. And unfortunately for you, not on the Mariners in any of his final three seasons. No, just the one. He uh, was traded by the Reds with Nick Asaski to the Red Sox for Todd Benzinger. Benz. Benzo. Uh, Benzo. Also a first-round pick by the Reds in 1981.
1: Something really interesting, at least to me, he's a thoroughbred racing enthusiast, and he has actually bred horses that have gone to race. And I was looking at the uh, names of some of his horses. We've got Swing and Miss, Diamond Studs, Strike Three, and Golden Spikes. All horses I would have bet on just because of their names.
0: I don't get it. What's the connection? I'm not sure, but I just like them. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, Rob has got you to 12.5. You've got three cards left. Here you have got, oh, wow. Uh, well, you should. If one of us would have picked the Astros, we'd be doing really well. <laughs> yeah, no do But uh, now this guy, though, uh, he is wearing two and ones. We've talked about him many times before. He is a skinny little kid here, uh, compared to what we think of when we think of Ken Caminiti. Oh
1: man, one of my favorites.
0: Obviously, Ken Caminiti was, I think, pretty forthright about his steroid use. And I mean, this picture, though, it's just he looks like he's a high schooler. He looks like he might be a buck 60 soaking wet. It is quite a contrast to the end of his career. 1991, he was 28 years old, appeared in 152 games, had 13 home runs, 80 RBI, a 312 on base, 383 slugging and a 101 OPS plus. And that will equal a 2.3. He does have the two and ones. So that'll be a 2.2.
1: I'll take that. Too bad we didn't have him for 96 when he was MVP.
0: Well, I mean, I'm all for the the 91 is fine with me. Yeah. All right. Uh, We've talked about Ken many, many times. So we'll move on to another person that we've talked about many, many times. The old Marine, despite the fact he never served, Matt Williams. Oh, yeah. He had a few home runs. Uh, He certainly did. 378 to be exact. Very nice. In 1991, still with the Giants, uh, of his 17 years, ten were with San Francisco. Appeared in 157 games, 34 home runs, 98 RBI. Let's see, a 310 on base, a 499 slugging. That is, <laughs> that is some lumber right there. Yeah. Wow. In, in 1994, he or no, 1995, he had a 647 slugging percentage. My goodness. 129 OPS plus. He did win a gold glove. That's good news for you right there. Beyond that, a 5.5 war. So that'll be 6 with the gold glove. Uh let's see. Nothing else on this card is going to get you anything, but I think 6.0 point even is probably plenty. Oh yeah. That's that's very nice. Now, he did not manage this year in in, uh, in Korea. I think he was was is he is he on the uh the Padres coaching staff? Did he go back with Bob Melvin? Yeah, he was the third base coach this year. So he's going to the playoffs. Well, that's so, cool. Good for him.
1: High school teammate of Charlie Kerfield, who you had a great uh, little discussion about not
0: that long ago. Yeah, we did the uh, we did a, a clip or two of Charlie, but we have not done a full episode yet. I think it's a race between uh, between us and, and the uh, 88 Tops podcast. I'm not sure if they've done it or not. I know they talk about him a lot, so I'll have to look that up. We might have to beat them all right you're at 20.7 you're at your last card one of my favorite third baseman of all time and, and this is just why he's got eye black on he's got flip downs and he's got real stirrups on it's mike palerulo pegs is right but he just he's got good baseball cards uh let's see now i he, i don't see i don't see a mustache here you know what there's one on the back though i'll give it to you because he always had a mustache i just can't tell so, I mean, there's there's four-tenths of a point right there before we even look at what he did as a 31-year-old. Uh, let's see, in, in 91, he was with the Twins, actually. He went to the World Series that year. Uh, I think nice. He won the World Series, didn't he? Yeah, 91 was the Twins. 121 games, six home runs, 36 RBI, 322 on base, 384 slugging. That's good for a 91 OPS+, plus, and a 2.7 Plus the one, two, three, four tenths of a point for all that other good stuff will give you a 3.1. Very nice. Thank you, Pags. All right. So that will take your total to 23.8. That's right about what you had last week that I didn't come close to. So we'll see. We'll see how that works out for me.
1: So far, so good. Even though I've had nothing but middle relievers.
0: Yeah, that Nolan Ryan card, though, if you yeah. take that away, that was a 13.8. But remember, yeah. you also lost a Ricky Henderson card and a Cal Ripken, too. So. This is true. All right, so I am going to be opening up a pack of this 97 Dawn Russ, which comes in this hermetically sealed case that I've got to cut open and then open the, the inner pack of that. Let's see how many cards there are. There are 14, so i got to lose four uh, I am going to lose I think I'm going to lose The back four Because you lost Too many good players Yeah really uh, Let's see Alright So these are the High gloss Bad boys So I am going to lose From the Phillies David Doster mm. Yeah I'm not familiar okay. with him Uh oh Mo Vaughn With the Red Sox that he Might
1: have there. had some good Offensive numbers for you there. Oh
0: jeez Hall of Famer Frank Thomas Oops <laughs> Is it too late to make the change? Uh, and then catcher Tom Pagnozzi. All right. So I've got some. Yeah, the, the, the Frank Thomas is obviously going to hurt the most. All right. So uh, we're going to start out here. I'm going start, gonna to start out strong here with the Angels, Troy Percival. Oh, nice. Troy Eugene Percival, 14 years in the big leagues, 10 of it with the Angels In 1997, he went 5-5 with a 3.46 ERA. He had 27 saves, 52 innings, 72 strikeouts for a 136 ERA+. And that will equal a 1.3 war. Uh, Let's see. I can see white, but I cannot tell. Oh, those are real stirrups. I can see the horseshoe. I'll take it. That's a 1.4. It's no Nolan Ryan, but... Well, well and if I pull in Nolan Ryan, that's not going to help me at all.
1: 1998, on the way to winning a World Series, he was 7 for 7 in postseason save opportunities.
0: That uh, is pretty darn good if you're in the postseason. Yes. <laughs> all right, so I start off with a 1.4. Next, oh, I got a Hall of Famer. Uh-oh. Oh, and now I'm going to like it here because this Hall of Famer has got a batting helmet with no flaps on it. Oh, Nice. He does not, however, he is not wearing his uh, his MIMS bands because he used to wear them quite a bit. It is Ozzy Smith. the a wizard. I'm not sure I'm going to get a whole lot of war from him from 1997. Maybe not. <laughs> In fact, none, because 96 was his final year. Oh, but man. I will get the Hall of Fame. He's got a mustache and beard, obviously, and he's got the, the no-flap batting helmet. So that right there will give me a—the a, the Hall of Fame is a one— the batting helmet and the uh, mustache is, uh, so it'll be a 1.2. Do I get any extra bonus for uh, him hosting uh, this week in baseball or for being on the the baseball bunch at any point? Mm,
1: Let me give it some thought.
0: No. All right. We'll do it. Oh, all right. Oh, I was, I was was anticipating that you were going to say yes.
1: (laughs) You anticipated incorrectly.
0: Yeah, that did not. uh, Of course, very famous home run. Let's go crazy Folks. Not much of a power hitter, but that is one of the most famous uh, postseason home runs that you can get. The Wizard of Oz, a great name.
1: 13 consecutive gold gloves as a shortstop. That's that's a pretty athletic person, you would
0: think. Pretty sure he did some athletic things, like some bat flips. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, of course, uh, didn't appear on Sabrina the Teenage Witch, but he did appear on Homer at the Bat. Yes. Simpsons episode. Now, I know we've talked about a player that that made a, a certain appearance in a operatic production of something i'm not sure if it was ozzy smith we talked about though he has appeared uh in the st louis municipal opera's production of the wizard of oz playing the role of the wizard that must have been kind of cool
1: that's pretty neat all
0: right next uh we have got oh now this is an interesting card it's an oakland athletic and uh, he is on the coaching staff of the a's fantasy camp Oh, nice. I'm going to put this one aside. Your uh, future buddy. Because I have nothing else that uh, I would think to have this guy sign. It's Ernie Young.
1: Oh, my goodness. I haven't thought about Ernie Young for a while.
0: Yeah, that's a name that probably, unless you're a a big A's fan, you probably have not really heard much. Uh, Eight years in the big leagues, also played for Kansas City, the Diamondbacks, Detroit, and Cleveland. Let's see. Most of that time was spent with Oakland. In 1997, with Oakland, 71 games 3.03 on base, 3.47, slugging five home runs, 15 RBI. Boy, in 96, he had 19 home runs and 64 RBI. Uh, But in 97, that's good for a 73 OPS plus and a war of minus 0.7. Let's see, he does, it looks like some two and ones. He's got flip downs though and a mustache. So that'll be a positive point. So that'll only be a minus 0.6 only. Bring me down to two even.
1: Something interesting about him, on June 12th, 2006, he hit his 300th career minor league home run. That is a lot of minor league home runs.
0: Not quite up to the Mike Hessman, a.k.a. Crash Davis right, uh, mark of 484, but still, that's a lot. Yes, it is. All right, so I am at two even. My next card is, uh, well, I think of him as an Oakland athletic. Here he is with the Kansas City Royals, Craig Paquette. Oh, man, I think
1: of him as, as a Tacoma Tiger. Pokey is what they called him.
0: Uh, let's see. Did he play for the Mariners at one point, too? I don't no, he think did. so. Boy, he seems like a guy that would have played for them. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, 11 years in the big leagues. Came up with Oakland. Three in St. Louis, three in Oakland, Kansas City, Detroit, and the Mets. In 1997, with the Royals, 77 games, eight home runs, 33 RBI, 263 on base. Yikes. 393 slugging a 68 OPS plus, and And... Uh, well, he's still a .4 in the War Department. That's not bad. Well, that's not bad. I mean, considering. Yeah. Uh, and nothing on this card is going to help me out. But You need some middle relievers. Uh, or a Ricky Henderson card. That, yeah. was, that would really help. Oh, he was once traded for Schwan Dunstan. Huh. In 1999, traded by the Mets to the Cardinals for Sean Dunstan. <laughs> All right. My next card is an Expo. This guy, probably still mad at Steve Bartman. It's Moises Alou. We all know that nobody high-fives Moises a little. Well, you can, but I would recommend washing your hands immediately.
1: <laughs> For those of you that don't get it, he, he batted, uh, he didn't use batting gloves, and when asked about it, he said he urinated on his hands to toughen them up. Later said he was joking, but I don't know.
0: I be, I mean, that's what uh, Jorge Posada, he didn't wear batting gloves, and he did that. He definitely <laughs> yes. did it. He definitely did it. Uh, Let's see, Moises, obviously a legacy family. Cousin of Mel and uh, brother of Luis, nephew of Jesus and Maddie, and son of Philippe. Played under his father for a while in Montreal. Uh, Let's see, in 1997, good news for me, he was an all-star. This was uh, his lone year with Florida, though. Uh, Also won the World Series that year with the Marlins. 97, 150 games. Uh, Let's see, 23 home runs, 115 RBI, 373 on base, a 493 slugging, a 130 OPS plus. Came in 10th in the MVP voting, and all of that equals a 3.5. He was an all-star, so that'll take it up to four. He is wearing no batting gloves here at bat, and he's got eye black, so that'll be a 4.2. Not bad. That is going to triple my score. (laughs) First round draft pick of the Pirates in 1986.
1: Hmm. Once uh had an interesting injury, an unfortunate ACL tear in a treadmill accident.
0: Eh, you know what happens? Better than, you know, tearing it, picking up your suitcase or. Yeah, well, that's going why through. I avoid exercise at all costs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to get hurt. All right. So I'm at 6.6. I think I'm going to get some help here. I've got a Hall of Famer. He's a mariner, so that narrows it down to three <laughs> three people. Uh, he's a left-hander, and he pitches. Uh, and he's tall. And he's tall, and he's got some lettuce, and he's got a mustache.
1: I just don't know who you could be talking about. Well, of
0: course, we are talking about Marco Gonzalez. <laughs> In '91, (laughs) yes. (laughs) All right, Hall of Famer Randy Johnson here. 1997 All Star year. I like it. 20 and four came in second in the Cy Young, eleventh in the MVP voting. Led the league in win percentage. 2.28 ERA. 213 innings pitched. 147 hits. 291 strikeouts. And that is good for a ERA plus of 197. and that will be worth 8.0. Woo! Hall of Famer. So there's a 9.0. He's got a mustache, but he's got two and ones. So that's a that's a, a wipe. But uh, I will take it a, a 9.0. And unfo- unfortunately, did not end up with the Mariners at the end of his career. Well, I guess we we can mention May 18th, 2004. If you want to watch a replay of that, you can watch me. I'm actually on camera probably more than Randy Johnson is that game. Oh, and why is that, Jeff? I'm sitting right there in the camera well, right behind home <laughs> plate. I'm there top and bottom of the inning. So, you know, I was there even when he wasn't. Oh, well, I don't think we've mentioned this, that he was in an episode of Franklin and Bash where he played himself. <laughs> I know it, that. When you're on a show with Mark Paul Gosler. Yeah. It better be saved by the bell because that's really the only thing. Yeah. All right. So I'm at 15.6. So that that got me right back into this. I've got three cards left. Uh, here I've got third baseman for the Phillies, Todd Zeal. Todd, good housekeeping zeal. All he right. He let's for
1: quite a number of teams, Jeff.
0: Uh, wow. He sure did. St. Louis, Mets, Dodgers, Rangers, Rockies, Phillies, Expos, Cubs, Yankees, Orioles, Marlins. Take your pick. Uh, 1997, uh, he was a one-team kind of guy. Only the Dodgers, 160 games, 365 on base, 459 slugging, 31 home runs, 90 RBI, 8 stolen bases, a 121 OPS plus, and that is good for a 2.0 war, and that's going to be all I'm going to get out of that, but I'll take it.
1: Here's something really interesting about Todd Zeal. He is a direct descendant of Presidents John Quincy
0: Adams and John Adams. That is something that is interesting. (laughs) I had no idea the the Adams family. Yeah. Uh, also traded with Pete Incaviglia at one point. So, there, uh, also traded with Mike Piazza at one point. That was the whole uh, Bobby Bonilla, Gary Sheffield, Charles Johnson trade. Oh, yes. Oh, okay. yes. Also uh, traded with Benny Agbayani. So, he uh, had some good names that he was traded with during his uh during his career. All right. So, I'm at 17.6. I've got, well, I've got three cards left now. These are all sticking to me. All right, next I've got a pitcher for the Padres, Joey Hamilton. Speaking of presidents. <laughs> Let's see if he's related. Uh, John's Joseph Hamilton appeared in uh, 10 years in the big leagues. Most of it was with the Padres we came up with. In 1997, he went 12-7, and 7, 4.25 ERA, 192 and two-thirds innings, 124 strikeouts, a 92 ERA+. plus. And that will equal a 2.7. I like that. He's got real stirrups, and he's got a mustache as well. So that'll be a positive 2.9. Yikes! That'll bring me up to 20.5. I am, I am knocking. I got two cards yeah. left, and I'm, I'm knocking. You're scaring me. Uh, first round draft pick by the Padres in 1991. All right. So I got uh, what? I'm, I'm essentially three and a half, 3.3 behind you with two cards left. Next year, this would be worth points because uh, this gentleman did appear in an episode of *Sabrina the Teenage Witch*. Oh, well, there you go. It is none other than uh, sideburn enthusiast Brady Anderson. And Brady. he's on the Orioles, which is my team. Oh, there you go. Oh, so this will this one will really help. Let's see, Brady Kevin Anderson, 1997 All Star, loving it. Uh, this is fresh off of his 50. Home run season in '96, but uh, he had a pretty good year still in in '97. 393 on base, 469 slugging, 18 home runs. So he played in two more games than he did the year prior. And versus 50 home runs, he hit 18. <laughs> he still had 73 RBI, 18 stolen bases. He was caught 12 times. Yikes! A 128 OPS plus, and that will equal a 3.7 WAR. He's on the Orioles, so that'll be a 4.2. He was an All-Star, so that'll be a 4.7. And uh, nothing else on this card is going to help me out. But Brady Anderson will vault me into the lead with one card remaining. I I have, I'm speechless. Yeah, plus I think I get an extra 10 points for uh, him having appeared in uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I don't think that's in the rules this year. (laughs) The rules are very fluid. <laughs> they are what you say they are yeah yeah I mean we've talked about Brady several times uh his marriage to a k-pop singer his uh of course acting just it's great acting it is definitely great acting uh as well as his uh cover of the uh baseball game in Japan so uh we'll move on to my final card I am currently up uh, a point and a half with one card remaining I'm not sure that I'm gonna gonna lose a lot of points on this one uh, it is somebody you're very familiar with. He's wearing some flip downs. This is a really good looking card. Here he is with the Reds. It is Brett Boone. Ah, one of my favorites. I'm going to like it also because uh, two of his last three seasons were uh, with the Seattle Mariners. There you go. So that's uh, that's two tenths of a point right there with the flip downs. too. that's three tenths. In 97 for the Reds. Let's see. He had a 298 on base. That is not ideal. 332 slugging seven home runs 46 RBI struck out a hundred times five seasons in a row then 97 strikeouts and then another five seasons in a row he struck out over 100 times. Uh, let's see a OPS plus of 64. all of that equals a minus 1.1 war. Uh, let's see though he does have the flip downs in the two years in Seattle so that'll be a positive 0. 0.3 so this will only be a minus 0. 0.8. So just by the skin of my teeth, do I hold on to win with a twenty-four point four? Yes. Well done, sir. Let's see. We did. I just want to double check. We didn't have any brewers, right? That was your team. No, I don't, I don't think, we think we didn't could. have a brewer. We're brewerless. Well, we both lost a couple of Hall of Famers. Yeah. Uh, you lost a Ricky Henderson card, which would have I would have won the game easily if if oh, that yeah. had been in there. But uh, looking at the scoreboard now, I am up to ten. You're still. Struggling with eight wins uh, down near the bottom. But uh, those are the happy totals here for this <laughs> week. All right. That's going to wrap up this uh, edition of Wax Facts Here is also going to wrap up this episode of Two Strike Noise. If you want more of us, you can find us on all of the socials. We are at Two Strike Noise. That is at TWO Strike Noise. You can get a hold of us there. Likewise, you can send us an email that Mark likes to check every three or four seconds. <laughs>
1: right. Uh yes, you can write to us at two strike noise spell it out t w o strike noise at gmail.com and I promise we will respond if if it's been a while and we haven't responded we're just behind uh just the sheer volume of emails. Okay, I'm making that up. But uh we're we're getting better at responding and uh, I believe I've responded to everything except for like maybe 3 or 4 that are sitting there waiting. So I apologize if I haven't gotten back to you. A lot of spam. Like- a
0: lot of spam. We get from, uh, yeah, wanting us to to buy pills, uh, buy crypto, and gamble. A lot of that kind of stuff. But (laughs) anyway, thank you all very much for listening again. If you want us, rate and review us again. We always appreciate that. We were just looking through some of them this week, Mark. There are some great things that people have said about us that we probably don't deserve. But gosh darn it, we appreciate it. Really do like to hear from our listeners. And uh, yeah, we'll see you again next week on the next episode of Two Strike Noise. Thank you. God bless you.
1: Have a great day.